Radio. As I said at the beginning of Mass, this Sunday is known as Gaudete Sunday, a Latin word which means rejoice, and it comes from the first word of the entrance antiphon that we said today. That entr entrance antiphon reads, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Indeed, the Lord is near. So that tells us why we rejoice on this Sunday. We rejoice because the Lord is near. The celebration of Jesus' birth is near, just over a week away. It's, where we, it's why we wear the rose vestments and we light the rose-coloured candle. It's as if the whiteness of Christmas, the whiteness of that feast, has come into um, the purple of Advent and intermingled with it. That purple that brings to mind the penitential aspect, the aspect of repentance that's necessary in Advent, is lightened by that whiteness as an anticipation of the joy we will experience celebrating the Lord's birth. And that entrance antiphon, commanding us to rejoice, is actually another translation of words which we hear in the second reading this weekend from St. Paul to the Philippians. St. Paul says, I want you to be happy, always happy in the Lord. I repeat, what I want is your happiness. Think back to the entrance antiphon, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. So we've got a difference there. We've got happiness used in the reading from Philippians, and then we've got rejoicing used in the entrance antiphon. So a question arises, is there a difference? What is the difference? What's the difference between to rejoice and to be happy? Is being full of joy and being full of happiness the same thing? Well, often in day-to-day -day speech, we do use them interchangeably. We use them as synonyms, as meaning roughly the same thing. And the fact that different translations of the Bible use the two different words suggests that too. But strictly speaking, happiness and joy are different. And one way to see the difference is to see them on a scale. So if we include on that scale pleasure, so we've got at the bottom of the scale pleasure, something we experience in our bodies, pleasurable sensations, for example. Then we've got happiness, happiness which takes place in the mind, and then we can see joy at the top of that scale. Joy which is something that goes deep to the heart. Something which is deeper. Something which God wants to give us. Happiness depends on circumstances. So things can be contributing to my happiness or not. You know, I can have a good job. I can have a good holiday in front of me. I can have plenty of money in my bank account, these things help us to feel happy. But joy is something which goes beyond all of that. Joy is something which can exist whatever the circumstances in my life are. 
It's a fruit, we say, in the church, in theology, of the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit of God's presence within us. So when we are really close to God, we experience joy within ourselves, like a a river running deep within us. And yes, it does have external manifestations. It would be strange to have a joyful person that always looked miserable. But it's not limited to that. It's not identified just with that. It's deeper than the superficial um, emotions. It's something that Jesus, if you remember himself, said that once he had given them this joy, nothing could take it away. Nothing can take away God's joy if we don't want to let, let it be taken away. St. Thomas Aquinas once said that no one can live without joy. And he said that is why one who is deprived of spiritual joy goes over to carnal pleasures. Carnal pleasures, pleasures of the body. We've all experienced this, I'm sure, in our own lives. You know, things aren't going so well. We feel rotten. We feel empty. And we try to fill it with silly things. Sometimes we try to fill it with chocolate, for goodness sake. We eat vast quantities of food, hoping to make ourselves feel better. And yet, ultimately, we frustrate ourselves. We continually go to things that don't fill this infinite yearning within us, this infinite longing, which is a longing for God, and therefore it's also a longing for joy. And what happens is, we become addicted. So when we go to these other things to try and fill that gap within us, it works for a moment, or for a little while, and then it wears off. And so we go back to that thing and think, well, let's try a bit more of that. Let's just do it a bit longer, whatever it might be. Let's try and fill that yearning, yawning gap in my soul. And we become addicted. We keep going back to that thing over and over again, continually frustrating ourselves. Because we're only made for God. We're only made to run on Him. Like a car is only made to run on petrol. So God is the only one who can fill the longing for joy within us. A longing for joy which is lurking behind every experience of joy in this world. And we've experienced that, I'm sure. Experienced moments where this is wonderful. This is beautiful. This is amazing. But it doesn't last. And we think, if only I could somehow bottle that and experience that forever. Well, that's what we're made for. We're made for total and unrestrained joy. That's what it means to be made for heaven. Now, we've seen in previous weeks that this season of Advent is a season of preparation and that the main preparation that we're called to is repentance, to turn away from sin. Well, sometimes repentance can be a real battle, a real battle. Sometimes we have to fight hard. But in the first reading, we have a wonderful encouragement because we have two things, really. One, a God who is a victorious warrior, 
So a God who fights on our side, a God who's not just left us alone to fight our own battles, a God who wants to help us, and also a God who, we're told, exults with joy over his people. Now I thought of this when the other day I went to the foundation stage nativity in St. Augustine's school. If you'd seen, unless you were there, you might have seen it, but if you, if you hadn't been there, you wouldn't have seen the parents' faces as they looked on their children acting in this play, willing them on, so happy, so joyous at watching their children succeed in whatever role they had. Well, that is one way to think of how God looks on us with total joy. He looks on us with so much admiration and so much love. And he looks on us with that love, especially, I think, when we struggle because we're trying to follow him. We're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to repent because it's so easy to just go with the well-worn path of sin to just do the same thing that we've always been doing over and over again to stay addicted to the things the experiences that we've been addicted to in the past well the Lord is on our side the Lord is fighting for us the Lord will give us grace to fight our sins and fight our addictions he wants to remove everything that gets in the way of our relationship with him. He wants to, as that reading so beautifully puts it, renew us in his love. He wants to renew us in his love today and every day because he wants us ultimately to find that joy, the joy which nothing can take away from us. As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate.